<laughs> what's happening man what's up dude <laughs> not much not much man i'm just uh i just got done grinding my teeth about your whole bullshit brother situation i don't want to talk about it right now <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i have that feeling i'll uh i'll save it for off pod yeah Okay. Yeah, we'll save it for our pod. <laughs> okay. All right. I won't drag that into our shooting the breeze like that. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's all good, man. Okay. It's all good. All right, man. Um. So we're in like this really interesting. Well, I think interesting is a little bit of an overstatement. But we're in that really weird tail end of it's clearly no longer Christmas, but it's not really close enough to New Year's Eve for me to really give a shit about it to be New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? You know what, dude? I, I've been saying that for the past couple of years now. Like, as far as we're like New Year's, it's like, it's it's the same bullshit, just a different year. <laughs> well, I mean, like, do you remember New Year's 2020, New Year's Eve on 2020? Oh, God. How fucking depressing it was for it to be New Year's. It was so, so depressing. Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? You know what's weird? I remember exactly what I did, too. I just happened to go downstairs um, at like 11, 1130 to get some water or something like that. And my mom's watching TV. And we happen to catch Joe McHale and Ken Jung from that show Community mm -hmm. on some channel. And they were trying to have like this really amped up, happy-go-lucky, upbeat kind of New Year's party, even though everybody knows that 2020 absolutely sucked dick. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um so, like, we're watching it, and they had a 
And they had Craig Robinson with them from the office. If you if you know all these people. Oh yeah. Okay. And like he would DJing, playing piano, all this shit. I mean, he probably wasn't DJing. I'm I'm probably misremembering that. So, sorry, Craig Robinson. <laughs> we love you. Just know that, please. Just please know that. Please. It's not a race thing. My my brain was just stupid for a sec. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> anyway, so they're all just kind of vibing up there, and they're so happy. And like, oh man, 2020 sucks so much dick that you know it was those kind of jokes. Yeah. Right. And then it was, and then it was like, you know, they're all upbeat, they're all super happy. And then if you could have flipped around the perspective to just look at me sitting in the couch, it'd be like a combination of that meme of, uh, have you ever seen it where when people were playing Animal Crossing, they turn off the game, it's all happy, smiley, and it says, bye-bye, see you tomorrow. And then it comes back and it's just like their double chin looking down at the screen and all fucking depressing. Yep. Well, it'd be a combination of that and that one meme image of SpongeBob where he depressed as fuck sitting on a couch. Relatable. <laughs> Relatable. So, so yeah, New Year's hit. I turn off the TV. I realize it's 2021, and there wasn't going to be one bit of fucking difference the next day compared to the last eight months. Oh, boy. And that, <laughs> Tyler, was easily the most depressing New Year's Eve of my entire life. Yeah, I can there, the there, there was no vaccine. I was doing online classes. I literally hadn't seen friends in months. And damn, it was a bad time. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> and you know what sucked about it? You, I know we're talking about fucking New Year's coming up, but, <laughs> but it, 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 we started that. We started our show around the time when lockdown happened. Oh, God. And three years later, we're still on the fucking air. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So when you guys... Actually, let me go take a restroom break. So I'm just going to make a sound so you can edit it out later when you're cutting this. Um, beep! beep. Don't mind me, guys. I'm currently gonna eat dinner right now. <laughs> so, yeah, just hear me munch on my food.
All right, I'm back. In black? <laughs> I hit the sack. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already talked about that story. Oh, yeah. Um, so when you guys were first starting this podcast, um, was it just before lockdown or just after lockdown? This was during lockdown. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it was during lockdown. So, so, and then for like the first 10 or 11 episodes, it was like you and mostly Matt and Brandon. Well, the first episode was myself, Lauren, and Brandon. It is so on so forth. It was all of us. Okay. Okay. And like, from what I've already gathered, it was just kind of a, uh, a, a fun side project to take all your minds off of lockdown. Exactly. So when you originally did this, there was no set concept to it. No. It was literally just, let's put on a recording, uh, do some banter and bullshit. And at some point, somebody said, why don't we actually talk about something? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> okay. Look at you, Mr. M- Mr. Media. Well, because during that time, I was also doing the uh, hockey podcast. Mm. So I was doing that, and then my buddy of mine, I mean, we still talk here and there. He's he's the one that does him and I did the hockey podcast. We're still friends, but different scheduling and everything now. But... um. He said there's not going to be no games um, because of what hap- of what's going on. So we're just going to hold off until where the fuck happens. So, Okay. And then how long did you do that podcast before you did Fellowship? Two years. Really? Yep. Damn. So you were like doing podcasts way, way before Fellowship. Yep. Wow. Wow, okay. And you were doing a podcast that uh, I probably never would have listened to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, it was funny that when I first started doing that, um, I would literally have to drive like on the weekend to go to Oceanside to do it. Holy shit. Yep. Because we didn't have like Zoom and not everybody knew about Discord and that kind of thing. No. So, which, which looking back, you're like, fucking, why couldn't somebody have told me about Discord? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn, you had to drive all the way down to Oceanside? Oceanside, because I didn't know what to, like, do on the, for the, uh, for the podcasting, because he, he, he ran it. So, and then, um. When then we would record in our separate homes, but it kind of was like, no, no offense, but it, it sounded really shitty. <laughs> I mean, on his end, for the most part, yes. But um, no, we I had fun doing it. Um, but we went our separate ways because of what was happening and different scheduling, and he's he has his own podcast too. Uh, he's doing the music. Excuse me, the music podcast with his buddies, like, because he's a guitarist and I'm a bassist, of course. 
So, yeah, he's doing that, and he knows that I'm doing this still. And yeah, I mean, we're oh, still shit. friends. So he does like uh, like a straight up music podcast. Yep. Um, just anything, or like music critique, or what is it? Uh, music critique, and um, all they talk about is uh, metal. Oh, okay. So it's a metal cast. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Because I know, like, we've been shooting the idea, and I really think it's actually going to happen, but we've been shooting the idea of maybe doing, like, a, a rock and popular music podcast, kind of? We'll, we'll call it rock history, or history of something i don't know we haven't uh, thought of the name yet some something uh, my idea has been rock cast but i'm 90 percent sure that's taken that's probably taken see like my idea with it is it would be something like we do part history part music critique and part like album clashes album clashes obviously good old album clashing uh mm -hmm. Uh, we can talk about like band rivalries. Yes, back history. Uh, we can talk about like uh, where rock music intersects with like celebrity shit and maybe even, dare I say it, politics? <laughs> no, you're right. No, you're right. Something like that. Yep. And we've been pitching that for a while. You know, it would basically be like a full on everything rock and popular music. Yes. And just whatever perspective interested you and I. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I had the idea. I think I might as well say. Uh, Fuck, why am I getting so many Discord messages? <laughs> it's my damn side chick. No, JK. Um, no, he really means it. <laughs> <laughs> There's people listening to podcasts like, what? Kyle's a total scumbag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler doesn't even give a fuck. <laughs> no, I do. I'm proud of you. <laughs> He does, and he low-key hates me for it. No, no, I, I have no side chick. I, there's no, there's no uh, 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 Mrs. Kyle. I'm disappointed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you guys are hearing noises in the background, just know that I'm kind of eating at the moment. But also, if you hear like rattling, like further down the hallway in my room. Uh, my sister has a cat, so if you hear, like, bouncing off the fucking ground, a uh, little bear warning. It's the fucking cat. <laughs> also confirmed, Tyler's not a cat guy. No, I, I, I'm an animal lover. Oh, okay. But lately at night, it's been pissing me off because I'm trying to fucking sleep. <laughs> You're like, motherfucker, I'm going to turn you into a vegan cat if you keep pulling this shit. I'm, either that or I'm going to put fucking fry, like, chop it up, grill it up into a uh, bugai. 
no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm God. Kidding. We're canceled by PETA and, like, the uh, Asian American League. <laughs> Uh, uh, fuck Peter. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we eat what we eat. Thank you. If and by the way, if anybody doesn't know, I'm not going to get on my soapbox. I'll just put one foot on it. But Peter knowingly kills animals. Okay, and I mean like fucking euthanizing dogs and cats in the name of saving them from being owned by people. Okay. All right. Back to reality. <laughs> All right. Anyways. So yeah, it, it would just it would be like a general general whatever we're interested in music cast. But I've also been kind of floating around this idea, Tyler. Okay. And it might be something I just do solo. But what if there was a podcast just about just Orange County, California shit, but it was like a deep dive into something really oddly specific to Orange County. I'm not going to lie. That sounds cool, Mm -hmm. but boring as shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So like, here's the like pilot episode idea I have. I have no idea how much research it would take. I have no idea how much studio production it would be. But the idea would be, the episode would be something like, what's the deal with North Tustin? Um, Let's just say it's corrupted as shit. (laughs) I've heard that theory. I've heard that theory that it's a, it's like a fringe political movement. Yep. I've heard the theory that it's a small HOA company trying to create like the most evil corporatist government ever, but only in like a low key Orange County city. Have you ever heard that theory? Oh yeah. Don't get me started. You've heard that theory before. Yep. Uh, I've heard the theory that it's a, it's a runaway separatist movement for salty conservative Republicans. Yep. And you know what? Fuck them. (laughs) <laughs> I've heard the theory that it's just a bunch of rich people who don't like either Tustin or Santa Ana's taxes. Yep. And I've also heard the theory that it's a bunch of weirdos who just like the fact that they live around meadows and trees and shit and no one else does where they live. You know what I say to them? <laughs> what? Do you want to know? <laughs> oh boy, what? I hope they all fucking die. <laughs> I think one I think I have a family friend who lives in North Tustin and they don't give a shit about the North Tustin movement or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Good, because you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> but but anyway, yeah, that's been kind of my idea floating of the what's the deal with North Tustin? And then another one would be like, what's the deal with the Irvine Land Company, which Holy fuck, you could do like a 10-part series on that. Dude, don't. Mm-mm. <laughs> I was trying to explain to somebody the Irvine Land Company, 
and you know they they're, they're from like Garden Grove and mm-hmm. I was like god damn the more I tried describing it the more it sounds like some shit out of a dystopian sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying yep but let me just say this um, I'm not a fan of the Irvine Land Company. <laughs> well, you shouldn't because you live there. Yeah. Yeah, if anybody should hate it, it should be people who live in Irvine. They're the, they're the only reason you pay so much in rent. Which is bullshit. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, Irvine would basically be just a bigger Tustin. Can you imagine that? All I can see is rainbows and like cute furry animals and children holding hands. Like, could you even imagine? (laughs) You imagine how much better it would be. (laughs) Now, imagine this, Tyler. Imagine the Irvine Land Company became the. Irvine and Greater Orange County Municipal Land Bank. No, absolutely not. <laughs> well, no, it would be it would be publicly owned and operated. How? I don't fucking know. It it would be like the board of directors or the the water ranch. <sighs> fucking Political fucking <laughs> bullshit people, man. <laughs> It'd still be a massive improvement over what it is. I mean, yeah, you do have a point. <laughs> I fucking hate politics. This is why my friend told me, Would you ever run the uh would you ever run for president? I was like, No, I will fuck up the United States of America. <laughs> Oh boy. I'm trying to imagine what your campaign would even be. It'd be like <laughs> No, I won't even go into it. Nope. <laughs> you said it. Say it right now. <laughs> well, I just remember when we were I was just listening to our Rock of Ages cast when you were talking about don't choose meth, choose weed. <laughs> 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 oh god. That 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 was one of the best lines in that whole episode. Oh yeah. Um But no, yeah, that's just been some ideas that have been rattling in my head, but the uh the rock cast I I think I think should happen. It it will happen, dude. I promise you that. Okay. But but if we do do it, the little music introduction need to be like 20 seconds maximum. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> You're just going to play all of 2112 right into it. I'm surprised that's not even our interlude. I'm surprised we've never used it. Well, I guess... The so-called New Year, and here's a little, little, well, not even teaser. Here's a big fucking uh, Easter egg for you guys. It's happening. 
the new year? Yep. Well, I mean, as of right now, it's two days away, three days. Shut the fuck up, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm like, Tyler, isn't that how time works? This, this this is why we can never do the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling there's going to be some like, or it, it might not even just be a one-time thing. There's going to be some very random tangent that we get on as people inevitably do when they talk about music. Why are it's people gonna happen. Why are people so fucking opinionated about music of all things? Because you know what? Here, here, here's my thing, okay? Uh-huh. Um, growing up, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is probably what happened to you. Because you get it from your parents for at first, right? Yep. Then you start listening to the same things over and over. Like, for me, my first introduction to rock or metal was Kiss. Oh, okay. Okay. So... That's all I listened to every single time. And then once I got into, like, uh, like middle school, I mean, I listened to Metallica and, you know, Megadeth. Definitely. And, you know, when I was growing up, too. And then my friend, who I, w- w- I would not name, he was like, hey, have you it's listened Matthew. to this? I'm sorry. <laughs> I said it's Matthew, but go on. It's not Matthew. I didn't go to middle school with Matthew. <laughs> okay. Um, he was like, hey, have you have you heard of this band? I said, no. And I listened to it, and my mind was blown away. I was like, who the fuck is this band? And that band was Avenged Sevenfold. Oh. Yep. Dude, you're giving me, like, flashbacks to that era, but go on. And so I was like, holy fuck. Like, I started listening to more Avenged Sevenfold. And then one of my friends was like, here, listen to this band. And it was Bullet for My Valentine. So I grew up in middle school listening to, like, the metalcore um, shit. Yes, metalcore. Yep. So it was, first it was Avenge, and it was Bullet for My Valentine. Yep. And then it was Kill Switch Engage. <laughs> and. And then my one of my favorite like bands other than the Vencerful in like metalcore was Trivium. And now I had the privilege to see Trivium in high school. Oh. But I always I've always listened to them when I either had my CD player or or the the iPod when it was invented, the first generation iPod. Oh. And um I, I just had a blast listening to them. And and then when I got into high school, I was listening to the same shit. And then my buddy of mine, he's like, do you listen to death metal? And I was like, no. And he's like, here, um, go on your phone. So Or go on your uh, iPod Touch. And I click on, he clicks on it. And he's like, here, listen to death. You know, Chuck Schuldner. Okay. And then I was like, oh, fuck, there's even more shit other than, like, you metal know, yeah. hard, hard rock, metal, 80s metal, hair metal. 
I, I, I grew up with that, but listening to like death metal, black metal, um, melodic, excuse me, melodic death metal, atmospheric black metal, you, the, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you just got, once you really develop a love of a genre of music, you just start branching out in all the weird little niche subgenres. Yes. Cause damn, atmospheric metal is something else. It's something else. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, do you want to hear my general uh, music path? Yeah. Okay. So, so my dad is uh, this white dude from the Midwest who. Um, <laughs> I, Who, I like uh, the, the abbreviation. Some white dude from the Midwest. <laughs> so yeah, he's a white dude from the Midwest, and he came to Ca- Southern California um, as an adult. Not as an adult, but just before his adulthood in like the mid nineteen, early mid nineteen eighties. Okay. Okay. So when he was growing, my dad was pretty much. All the shit I listened to as a kid. I mean, there's a little bit from my mom. I'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, and my dad introduced me as a kid. Like, I think the first band I ever remember hearing him play was Boston's More Than a Feeling. Great song. Okay. And, you know, just how it, because he had this mixtape for his. I don't know what it was, his 30th birthday, his 35th birthday, something like that. And uh, probably like his 35th or 40th, something like that. So 40th birthday. Let's call it 40th, and I'll shut the fuck up about the specifics. 40th birthday, and it opens up with more than a feeling with that fade in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just me as a kid, I hear that, and I go, dude, what? is this could before then it was just whatever shit my mom would play on the radio radio disney um backstreet boys aaron carter that kind of bullshit so when i heard this i'm like dude this is so good the the lyrics and the vocals and and could you, you know that album that 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 boston's original album the how first album produced it is that is a I'm I'm saying this right now. If we ever, if we ever have a debate, to me, there's a lot. Of, there's some, in my opinion, there's some in my book are albums that are ten out of ten. That okay. album, that first Boston album, is a ten out of ten. Oh fuck yeah! Because you got yeah. more than a feeling. Then you got fuck. Whole, um, I'm a, a peace of mind. Oh, that's uh, right. Rock and roll band. Um, smoking. Um, fuck. There's so oh, oh foreplay. Foreplay in long time. A long time. Then it turns into a rock and roll band. Smoking, hitch a ride. Something about you, and let me take you home tonight. I mean, come on. Come on, like seriously. It's so good. Like, it's, it's so good. If any of you guys are, like, metalheads or, like, rock, you know, rockheads or, like, just love music in general, please 
Kyle and I are encouraging you to go <laughs> listen to that album. Oh, yeah. Like, you definitely won't regret it. No, absolutely not. Like, just the, just the first half of that album is like some of the best arena rock that's ever been recorded. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's it's just been- the first half. Especially with peace of mind when you get to that song. Oh man. Oh. But dear, could you could you make a better opening to that album with the fade in and that acoustic guitar that's double tracked with the guitar with the phaser and the echo effect? Masterpiece. Masterpiece, dude. So there was that song. And then my dad had also on this album. He had Van Halen. Nice. Specifically, he had Running with the Devil, Hot for Teacher, and I think Jamie's Crying. All great songs. All great songs. Now, I have the weird kind of Mandela effect where I remember him having Atomic Punk on the album. But I've, I've since checked that album and he doesn't have Atomic Punk on it. Ooh, that's just a song that it must have been on a playlist I had. Maybe. So there was that. But the really big band and not that those aren't big bands to bring up because, oh, you know, what he had he also had Eruption slash You Really Got Me. I got an even better one for you. OK. OK. Sorry to cut you off. We're, um. I don't know if you've if you heard like the best of Van Halen's, uh, the first like the very first one they put out. That's like yeah, the best of Van Halen Part One. Put it's the first two tracks are Eruption, of course, and then going into Ain't Talking About Love. That to me is the best combination to start a best, you know, best of the best album. What is it? What what was the first one? Eruption. Eruption. Into Ain't Talking About Love. Eruption into Ain't Talking About Love. Interesting. I always know Eruption turning into You Really Got Me. Well, that I mean, I mean that's on the first album, but the, 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 the best of Van Halen album, that's how it starts. It goes Eruption, then into uh, um, Ain't Talking About Love. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. It does. I'm looking at uh, Best of Volume 1, which yep. uh, the fans call the the David Lee Roth Van Halen, a.k.a. what detractors call the Van Hagar Van Halen. Yep. Because I believe that's Volume 2. Yes. Which Sammy Hagar Van Halen is definitely a topic to talk about. And that whole weird, could, could we talk about bands having beef with each other? But Van Halen, the only band I know where fans mutually have beef with each other over who's the lead singer. Yes. It's really weird, but you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Man, that's really, yeah. Well, well we can say that for the, the, the our spinoff pod. <laughs> yes 
Yes, our now unnamed spinoff podcast. But but yes, yes, there's a weird David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar Van Halen fan people. Yeah, you know, there's rivals in bands like, okay, like Dave Mustaine versus Metallica, which that's a topic we can, I mean, it's already been talked about, but. It's been talked about to death. Uh, I think all I want to say about Dave Mustaine is, could he just fucking get over it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is his beef? He has Megadeth. Dude, you were in the band for like a year. You just didn't vibe with them. Get over it. Dave. I I, I I met you in person. You're you're a great dude. But just like Kyle said, can you get fucking over it? Dude, I, I read something about him fucking talking about the new hit Metallica did. I'm like, Dave, please just shut the fuck up. <laughs> please. It's 2022. You played with these guys in 1983. Correction, 81. Oh, my God. It's been over 40 years. Over 40 years. Get it. Get over it. Get over it. They don't even. Dude, I don't want to shit on Dave Mustaine, but they don't even care about what you do. Yeah. (laughs) Why would they? They're Metallica. Probably. It's not like they hate him. It's a weird one-sided beef. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, dude. I, think I thought he has, they I made a man's weird inferiority complex or something, dude. I I really thought they already made amends during the Big Four tour. Oh yeah, it's like Dave, you're on tour. You're you're bringing joy into the tour with. You you have Metallica, of course, headlining. Of course, it's the biggest band in the whole fucking world. Yeah. Um, you got Slayer on board. You got Anthrax, and you guys got yourself. What I know, dude. What is, more could you possibly want? You know what it is. It's it's not. It's ego. Of course, it's very ego. But it's like, Dave, you're a legend. You're you're an, you're a legend. You're an iconic person. Everybody fucking loves you, but for fuck's sakes, you have Megadeth. Just let let just let Metallica be Metallica, please. I know, right? It's like fuck. Like, what is what does he want? Does he want to be in Metallica and replace Kirk Hammett? Is that what he wants? No, you know what he wants. I I know what he wants. He wants credit. What does he want? No, he wants to be better than Metallica. Oh, for fuck's sake. That that's the ego that he has. He wants to be better than them. It's like Dave. <laughs> Dave, you're not even like the same kind of metal. Not even. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. not even like a quality critique. It's just you straight up don't play thrash like Metallica does. No. It's not even like a comparable, I'm going to be better than them. It's like saying, you know, um, it's like saying, uh, you know, the Beatles are better than 
the Eagles. It's like, okay, but they're not even the same kind of music. I'm going I'm to do something real quick. <laughs> okay. Give me a second. Hold on. Okay. Mega Death. Let's see. Oh, no. Are you looking at their album sales? No. I'm looking at how many fucking albums they have. Okay. Now I'm going to compare it. One, two, two, they got four. They shit mode, Which, by I the know. way, as far as I can tell, they have 16 studio, 6 live, 7 compilations, and I'm only including only studio albums. 16. Okay. You're, you're on the computer. On the computer. What the fuck am I doing? Okay. Megadeth has 16, right? Yes. How many does Metallica have? Okay. Metallica has 11. 11. Okay, Dave, I'm sorry. <laughs> half of the, the first half that you guys have done with Megadeth, to me, the perfect thrash metal album is Rust in Peace. That's the only album that's perfect for you guys. Metallica has a lot. Yeah, Metallica got like at least three I can think of off the top of my head. I say four. Oh, okay. Obviously, it's Kill 'Em All, the first album, Right the yeah. Lightning, Master yeah. Puppets is their godly tier. Oh, so good. And I will say the remastered Injustice for All. Oh, dear. For me, even though. Obviously, Master of Puppets is like the crown jewel of Metallica and maybe the crown jewel of Thrash Metal, right? Yep. For me, personally, there's just something about Injustice for All that I really like. It's it's great. It's a great album. Other than the shit recording quality of the original version. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you ever wanted to, listen to, like, I don't know, what's a really iconic song off of that? One. Oh god, one's on that. You're right. Is battery on that or is that a different one? Battery is master of puppets. Oh shit. <laughs> I guess they just listened to both versions of battery. Battery's already on the peak album. Um okay, one. You know what? One's actually a bad example because you can barely hear the drums anyways in either version. <laughs> Not only that, you can you you can't even hear the fucking bass, and I'm so sorry that Jason I know I, I'm just this. I was gonna be like, "There's bass on that song." <laughs> no, I, I was gonna say I I feel so bad for Jason Newstead. I know. Not only he was on that album, but he was in the fucking music video, and I still couldn't hear the fucking bass. <laughs> I don't even know what the bass line is in that song. It's easy. And you know what the worst part is, Tyler? You're a bass player, and you're like, I didn't even know there was bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but 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 yeah. Um, but off on that very long but fun tangent, then I was introduced to a band called The Who. My nice. dad had a song called Pinball Wizard on it. Oh God. Pinball Wizard, and then he had Won't Get Fooled Again. Great song. Oh, man. 
And and then and then I started. I think I asked him about if there was more Who stuff, and he got like some greatest of thing. And then that's where I discovered <laughs> you're gonna like this. One of my favorite Who songs as a kid was "Squeeze Box." Another great song. Uh, Magic Bus. Great song. And Baba O'Reilly. Oh, classic. But but yeah, it was the Who was one of those bands that really put in my head the concept of being like a a songwriting guitarist through Pete Townsend. Great song lyricist, great guitarist, great writer. And pretty much the heart and soul of that band. Pretty much. If he didn't have Roger Daltrey, he'd be it. He'd be well. You know, if he was in any other band, he would be straight up carrying the entire band. I mean, it's fucking Pete. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, like, dude, The Who is so strong. It's Pete Townsend. It's Roger Daltrey, who I think is one of the best vocalists in all of rock music. Um, one of them. John Entweisel, who is who got to be in like the top five best rock bassists, at least. What was the name again? John who? John Entweisel. Oh, great fucking bassist. And then, of course, you have Keith Moon on the drums. Yep. I mean, talk about one of the greatest of all time. Right there, Keith Moon. There's a Okay, back in the day, dude, there was a, amazing drummers back in, back in the, like, Late sixties, early seventies. I mean, my God! Even like everybody talks shit about Ringo Starr and the Beatles, but Ringo Starr is a great fucking drummer. He still has it. <laughs> he he still has it. He still hasn't what? Like he still has his groove to be a fucking oh. drummer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you listen to him playing his uh, his uh, All Star Band, you're like. Shit, Ringo, there's a reason you were in the Beatles. Yep. <laughs> there's a reason they gave you a drum solo at the end of fucking Let It Be. I feel like talking more Beatles now. <laughs> oh, my God. Tyler, I couldn't... I, I couldn't didn't get... seriously do whole ass... End of Abbey Road, I'm sorry. I wanted to say Abbey Road for some fucking reason I said... Let it be. The end of Abbey Road, they gave him a drum solo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correction. Yeah, yeah, in that, In that, in the end, it's really called the Abbey Road Suite because they all blend into each other, like six songs. Yep. But anyway, damn. Not only could I do a whole episode on the Beatles, I could do whole episodes on individual albums. Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Okay. Oh, you know, no, no, no. I'll I'll save it when we do our spinoff. <laughs> okay, okay. But I, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm warning you, Tyler. I've written about the Beatles when I was in academia. Ooh. So I know a bit about the Beatles. <laughs> okay. I won't say what's your favorite album. We'll save that for the top. That for a different time in our okay. spinoff. Okay. But to you. What is the greatest Beatles song? 
The greatest Beatles song, like if I had to pick one that was higher quality or better epitomized the Beatles than anything else, I think I might pick A Day in the Life. Oh. I'm that might if I had to only pick one, I think I might pick that one. I I can't argue with that. <laughs> and listen, there's a shitload of great Beatles songs. It's the Beatles for God's sake, right? And you but know what's funny? One, it ha- it would be like if I could resurrect George Harrison and John Lennon and have them both play with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, and I and they told me. They can only play one song for you live like they did in their peak. That's my song. I I, I applaud to you for that. <laughs> uh, for, for, I mean, for me, the funny thing is, you know what's funny, Kyle? What? I got into the Beatles in my freshman year of high school. Oh, wow. Pretty late. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was late. But I, I knew who the Beatles were. Um, you know, I I only listened to like maybe like one or two songs, like Twist and Shout, um, uh, Hey Jude. Sure, you had a very like kind of, and this is not like a disparaging thing, a very like surface level knowledge of the Beatles. Yeah. So I, I knew who they were, but. For me, the greatest Beatles song, I mean, it's not even a Beatles song, actually. It's more of a Lennon song. Uh-huh. It's Imagine. Oh, man. Now, the real question, Tyler, not just like what's the best single best Beatles song, but of all the solo Beatles, not only who had the best song, but what is the best song any of the solo Beatles ever did? It's Imagine. I think it might be Imagine. It's it, it's imagined by John Lennon. Man, that song has so much weight to it. So much weight, and it's meaningful. It's it, it fills your your it it fills up your soul. Ironically, <laughs> and I think that was the last song that Lennon has ever done. Well. I'll tell you this. I don't want to pop your bubble with that. But that was a song he did on his second album. Oh, yeah, because he had, wait, a couple more albums, right? He has, like, in total, off the top of my head, he has, like, five albums he ever did. But let me let me tell you this. Because he it, died in 1980, correct? Guys, in 1980. Yeah. December. Um, he has... If we're not including any live stuff. Just studio. Seven albums. Okay, so you're off by two. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He has, well, are we including posthumous releases? No, just studios. Just stuff that he released when he was alive? Yes. Okay. Then he had, let's see. So we're not including milk and honey. No, wait. Four. Five. 
five or six. What's the sixth album? So we have Plastic Owner Band, uh-huh. Imagine, Mind Games, Walls and Bridges, which is easily his worst one. Yeah. Rock and Roll, which I think is the 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 hidden gem of John Lennon albums, and Double Fantasy. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, Double Fantasy. You could put Double, well, double Fantasy because he did some time in New York City, but that's a live album. Hmm. And then you got some weird unfinished stuff. And honestly, if you're not like a hardcore John Lennon fan, it's like, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm a John Lennon fan, and I say that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> There's a fantastic remastering of John Lennon that they did, I think, last year. It's his... Uh, it's a special like anthology I did, but it was a brand new remastering by uh, George Martin's son. Oh, it's so fucking good, Tyler. Send like, me the link. The songs sound brand new. Send me the link. Okay. Because it's been a minute since I heard a Lennon song, uh, Lennon album. Yeah, to to me, the the greatest solo Beatles song or solo, yeah, solo Beatles is Imagine by John Lennon. Imagine by John Lennon? Yep. Well, like, let me read you some of the some of the tracks. And this is just the opening. Working Class Hero. Yep. Instant Karma. Yep. Power to the People. Uh, great song. God. Who? <laughs> I Don't Want to Be a Soldier. That's that all. Yeah. And Give Me Some Truth. Those are the first six songs. Yep. And uh, do they save Imagine for like <laughs> near the end of that shit? And there's a reason. It's, it's a, it, it, it pays off. Yep. I know. <laughs> okay, all right. So, yeah, all I'll say is I'll give you the link, and I think there's a shitload of them when you actually go online. But I'm going to give you this link, and uh, probably out there somewhere. You'll see it. Yeah, I got it. Okay. All right. Um, so, yes, I mean, my God, Beatles shit alone, I could do a ton on. Same. Um, but, but yeah, it was the who, and then as to, this, this, this music journey I'm going through is taking so long. It's, it's totally fine, dude. It's totally fine. <laughs> okay. We're, okay. We're intertwining in our, in our own history. <laughs> I guess this is the prequel or our pilot episode. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sort of, I guess. I guess. Um, it honestly could be either. So so then, so that's all pre-seventh grade. 
Yep. Okay. So then I go into middle school. And uh, that's when my buddies were into like, uh, into like some of the emo music, All American Rejects, da 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 da. But that's also the time when my good buddy Brian, and he knows who he is if he listened to this, uh, listening to two uh, thousands. Uh, garage rock revival bands like uh, The Hive, The White Stripes, um, the, the Strokes, those bands. Okay. And he was also listening to like the pop punk, like no bullshit. He's the one who got me into uh, Green Day. <laughs> what, what era of Green Day? So he got me. So I, if, okay. My memory's really murky on the specifics of this, but I think I think Brian at the time was listening to pre-American Idiot Green Day, so I think he was listening to like Dookie or Nimrod. I think. Okay, he 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 gets a pass. Okay, but then at some point I started listening to American Idiot because I think it was a hit on the radio, and I just. I like that song, American Idiot, and I started listening to the album. Can, can I tell you something? Go for it. When Green Day started doing like their, you know, their emo, sh- look, I, I considered that album at that at that time pretty fucking emo as shit. And I do like emo music, but I was like, Green Day? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because I was pissed. Oh yeah, because Green Day becomes decidedly less kind of less punk, nineties like... revival punk, and more almost kind of emo theatrical My Chemical Romance kind of thing. See, I don't have a problem with My Chemical Romance, but it's the fact that Green Day is also you... doing this shit. Yeah, you didn't like that they were doing it. Yeah. Okay. But as time passes by. Mm-hmm. Dare I say? I mean, to to me, D- Dookie's number one. That is the gr- one of the best Green Day albums I've ever listened to, and I grew up listening to that album. But I have to say, American Idiot album, maybe my second favorite album. You know what, man? I st- I I am a defender of the American Idiot album. I think it's it it's rocks, it's awesome, and the catalog surrounding it fucking sucks. Yep. Shenanigans, dog shit, and Bible bullet in a Bible is even worse. Yep. Even though it's a live album, how about that for some shit? Uh, I always just thought it sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. And I hate saying that because, um, like, if you look at the set list, you're like, dude, this looks really good. Can I read you the set list? Go ahead. Okay. Honestly, this is a whole conversation of great bands, shitty live albums. We're speaking of which, one could make a case for the John Lennon live in New York. One could make the case. Mm-hmm. It opens with American Idiot, Jesus of Suburbia. 
Holiday. Can I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Kyle. Jesus of the Suburbia. It's the second track they play. To, to me, that is the greatest Green Day song I've ever heard. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow, okay. Okay, because in, in my opinion, the greatest Green Day song is either American Idiot or maybe like Longview or Basket Case. But Jesus of Suburbia is a really good one. The greatest. Okay. 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 So it's American Idiot, Jesus of Suburbia, Holiday, Are We the Waiting, which is a deep track from American Idiot, St. Jimmy, Longview, Hitching a Ride. Oh, well, well Tyler, here is <laughs> Brain Stew. Basket case, uh, king of a king for a day slash the Isley Brothers shout. Wake me up when September ends. Mm-hmm. Minority. Boulevard of Broken Dreams, and then they close with "Good Riddance Time of Your Life." Like that's I love that such song. a good fucking playlist. Yeah. And you want to know something? I don't really like this album. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it has nothing to do with the playlist. It has to do with the quality of the sound. I mean, yeah, I get you. Yeah, you do have a point. But fuck you. That's a great playlist. <laughs> it's a great playlist. It just doesn't work for some reason. Maybe you don't work. Okay. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm having like 12-year-old Kyle miss memory and I just thought it was shit and it's not actually shit. Who knows? Yeah. But great, but but definitely for sure. For sure shenanigans is dog shit. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't think I can name you one song that's on it. You know what, dude? You know what song I fucking hate from them? <laughs> this is an interesting topic, but but what do you hate? The one song I hate from fucking Green Day is 21 Guns. Oh, man. Is it because it's cheap radio fodder? Yes. And it's like, it's poppy even for them? It's like... 20, 21 guns. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I, I just feel like telling Billy Joel Armstrong, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> You know what the worst part is? It came out in 2009. So like when uh, it came out, I was in, I was finally in high school. I'm like, holy shit, there's a new Green Day song and it's this horse shit. I was in, I was sophomore. Fuck. You're going to like this. A reviewer said, from Sputnik Music, Adam Downer said, 
it sounds like a terrible rewrite of something John Lennon never released. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do agree with that. I do kind of agree with that. <laughs> it's like fucking A, dude. Like, I like, oh, God, why are you fucking yeah. playing this song? Do you remember the weird period of time in like the late 2000s, early 2010s, where they would play live versions of songs on the radio like late at night? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, um, well, it all depends on what song it is. True. But at the same time, it's like, um, why, why is there a reason to have a, a live song on the radio where people are either sleeping or <laughs> there's truck drivers? I don't get it either. You want to know the saddest part about 21 Guns? It was nominated for a Grammy, which, let's be honest, is not saying much. I, I'm ending this fucking podcast right now. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me right now? It was nominated for a Grammy. How shitty were the rock songs in 2009? Give me one second real quick. I'll be right back. I'm going to get my dog real quick. Okay. I, I, I need to calm down real quick before I go on my a fucking tangent right now. Oh, God. What? Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So wait. Oh yeah. So you mean to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. So it, so if I send you this uh, this link for this now defunct uh, Grammy award nominations, if you go to 2010, you'll see what else was nominated. And you're like, is this seriously the best shit they had? All right, I'm looking this up right now. Okay, but I'll save you. I'll save you the time. In 2010, Kings of Leon's "Use Somebody" one, which I very distinctly remember that on the radio. There was, for some fucking reason, Eric the anti-vaxxing asshole, and Steve. Fucking Wingward playing with him's song Can't Find My Way Home with Blind Faith. And then there was Coldplay's Life in Technicolor 2, Green Day's 21 Guns, 
And then you two's I'll go crazy if I don't go crazy tonight. Man, what a dog shit selection of songs. And this is the best they can fucking do. In 2010. And somehow Green Day's 21 Guns made it. And apparently the next year they just stopped uh they just stopped doing it. Even though there were some really interesting songs in 2011, if you look at that. I mean, I, I like that the Black Keys won. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, even though Tighten Up is not really my favorite era of them. No, no, it's not. No, like for me, the Black Keys are best when it was two dudes playing on a live record. Yep. But that's neither here nor there. That's a that's a conversation for another time. Um. But yeah, this is this is the this is the best 2010 had to offer. I'm so fucking disappointed. Fucking Coldplay's Life in Technicolor 2. Are you serious? <sighs> 2000s era U2? Come on, guys. Because at least cause at least in 2008. The White Stripes have Icky Femme, and their competition is Daughtry's It's Not Over, Green Day's Working Class Hero, Nickelback If Everyone Cared, and then U2's Instant Karma. Fuck Nickelback. That's a whole conversation topic for itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, it's... um, What a sad sack that is. And I think during, I think it was 2012, the next year, I think they started doing like, uh, I think it's called, uh, fuck, what's the name of, of that fucking event? Uh, oh, the Metal Gods Awards. Oh, yeah. They started that in 2012. And I'm like, okay, I can get through this. You know, I'll let it slide. <laughs> because, you know, uh, then here's another topic we can discuss on. Uh-huh. Because, obviously, we know, like, how big, like, rock, metal, even, like, country rock in a way. Yep. When I mean by country rock, I mean, like, Willie Nelson. Oh, I got all, And all those guys. Okay. But... You know they were, they were recognizable. Everybody know who they were. Even like non, like, like non um, rockers at that time period knew who they were. But it's like nowadays, even like in the twenty tens, I should say. Good God, <laughs> like I would go. I believe to- we're reminiscing about twenty ten because when I was alive in twenty ten. I was like, 2010 is dog shit. It was a dog shit year, too. <laughs> In terms of music. But, like, I remember one day going to, like, school. And um, I would listen to K-Rock in the morning with my mom to drop, you know, drop myself off. And my sister at the time was, you know, going to school at, in high school. Yeah. And so I will listen to K-Rock in the morning. And I'm like, 
I'm like, okay, I'm starting off the day. And they play, like, fucking, like, like, poppy, like, rocky bullshit. It's like, I was, I told my mom, I was like, why is K-Rock, like, being like this now? And she's like, well, it's evolving. Like, I was like, no, K-Rock is supposed to be rock only. (laughs) Not poppy bullshit. You know what the worst part is? That poppy bullshit is probably better than some of the shit that they now do as rock music. It's like, fuck, man. And then that's when I started listening to more like more like Jack FM, alternative uh, music, oh, yeah. um, 98.7. And then, oh man, I and then I totally forgot about, um, KLOS. Oh shit. And then I was and then I was like, Mom, take off K Rock. She's like, Why? I thought you like K Rock. I was like, I fucking hate K Rock. All they play is that poppy bullshit. <laughs> Damn. So yeah, that that's a that's a little rat right there, but we could talk about that too. Like what happened? <laughs> When did rock music in the 21st century really start to suck? And I would say you make a good case that 2010 might be the year. Yeah, 2010 was the year. Now, I'll say this. I'll say this. Tyler and I are very biased because like him, I very much grew up with listening to music on the radio. And at some point, radio music became absolutely fucking awful not only awful but you hear the same songs like maybe three to five times a day oh yeah it was it was was really annoying it's why it's why i rarely listen to the radio when i drive nowadays like i'll like the other day, fuck, I can't believe I'm saying this right now. <laughs> um, the other day I was like, I wonder what's on the radio right now. So I turn turned on the radio oh. and I put on KLOS and guess what they were playing? Oh no, what are they playing? They were playing fucking Metallica. I was like, holy fuck. What? I was like, they're playing Metallica. <laughs> but it was old school Metallica. Oh, damn. Wait a minute. Are you talking about 95.5? Yeah, KLOS. So 95.5 became a, I think they stopped being KLOS and they've become like a classic and modern rock radio. Yeah, now they now they are. But they used to be a pretty much only 70s and 80s rock music station and Again, I'm sorry for anyone that doesn't live in Southern California. You're like, what the fuck is 95.5? <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Um, because it's such a regionally specific thing. Uh, but yes, yeah, so so in middle school, that's what I listened to. And Tyler, here's something really curious. Um, then in about eighth grade, I met one of my friends. Show, how you doing, man? I hope you're doing <laughs> well nowadays. And he told me he had never heard of the Beatles, which then turned into a conversation of, 
how the fuck can you not know who the Beatles are? What then turned into a conversation of somebody saying, the Beatles fucking suck, bro. Are you still friends with this person? <laughs> I don't remember exactly who said that, but I remember like in that moment, that was the first time I had like a musical beef, uh, you know, kind of debate about why they're absolutely wrong about that opinion. <laughs> if you are still friends with this person, and if you're listening to this, fuck you. I think I know who it is, but I won't say their name on, on radio, on uh, online. No, no, don't say their name. I, 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 that's why I'm saying this. Fuck you. <laughs> so. <laughs> so anyway, so that came up, and then and then going into high school, Tyler. This is where the magical transformation really happened for me. This was like your version of discovering all the different sub-metal sub genres. Mm -hmm. I then discovered something called alternative rock in the 1990s. Oh, yeah. And I'm not exactly sure who I listened to first, but I listened to, and these are just a few examples, Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins. Yep. Alice in Chains. Oh yeah. Um Green Day. 90s Green Day in this case. Yep. Um Oasis. Another great band. And I'm sure there's others I'm not thinking of, but I was really fixated on Soundgarden. Who? Soundgarden. Oh, yeah, 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 Soundgarden, for sure. But I was Stone really fixated. What's that? Stone Temple Pilot. Stone Temple Pilot, yes, yes, Stone Temple Pilot. But I became like, and I was a fan of the Beatles. I liked the Beatles, listening to them for sure. But I became absolutely fixated on Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins and the you know, White Stripes, weirdly. Yeah, you can say White Stripes too, because White Stripes was, was in the nineties. Technically, the first album. Yes, she's in love with a girl. Uh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Although that's not from the nineties. No, it's, I know that's like early two thousand, late nineties. Yes. yes, to me, the the White Stripes were around when I was a kid in elementary school. Fuck, I feel old. <laughs> right, fucking twenty years ago. Fuck, I feel fucking old. <laughs> you know what the worst part is, Tyler, for both of us? We were still <laughs> we were uh we were already like age 10 <laughs> 20 fucking years ago. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Holy shit, my soul. My I, I just turned 30 like a couple of days ago. Yep. My back is hurting. <laughs> <laughs> And it's only getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> and he's feeling fucking tired in the morning for no goddamn reason. Bro, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning just to go to the gym. Oh, shit. And you're like, oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, fuck that. I'll just eat more chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, stop me if I'm repeating myself. This is a totally random tangent. But did Matt ever tell you about, like, his life schedule when he was getting into shape, getting into walking, and going to Cal State Fullerton at the same time? I kind of don't want to say tell me, but at the same time, don't tell me. (laughs) Because I feel like that's something personal for him. Okay. And Matthew, if you're listening to this, we're not going to say it. Okay. Okay. But basically, Matt's schedule was like so exhausting. I was like, I like, I legitimately remember <laughs> like sitting in the car with him when he was telling me this. And I just sat up and I looked at Matt. I'm like, bro, how did you not just fucking drop dead? <laughs> But yeah, getting up at 4 a.m. to work out would make me want to drop dead. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. Every fucking day. Every fucking day. <laughs> and what I mean by every day, I mean Monday through Friday. So, hi, guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... I became fixated on those songs to the point where like Nirvana's catalog was playing so much that I would like pitch questions to my dad about individual lyrics in a Nirvana song and he had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. Wow. Like it would be the most abstract. It's what happens when you listen to a song like like dozens and dozens of times, mm-hmm. you know, you start to develop that that kind of familiarity with the music that only like a really hardcore fan does. Yeah, because give me, neither of my parents listened to Nirvana when they were around. Really, neither of them. It wasn't my dad's thing because he was still listening to shit from like the seventies. Uh huh. And my mom had a kid. Which was you. <laughs> you right. <laughs> right, exactly. Um and I was just thinking about this today, Tyler. Tell me tell me this. Maybe it's just me. But when my mom had me, he was are you ready for this? Twenty-four going on twenty-five. Well, my mom had me at 21. Okay, but can you picture like someone our age having a kid when they're 24? My oh my, how the times have changed. <laughs> now, people now like everybody like not everybody. I mean, like couples are getting kids like in their mid 20s, like late 20s, early 30s now. I was gonna say, man, like at thirties, fuck, fuck the twenties, the their thirties. I'm thirty one. I don't even have kids yet, and I want kids. Oh, who knew? Yeah. Uh, hello. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hello, ladies. <laughs> 
But um, god damn. So she had you at twenty five. Fuck, I was twenty four, and she was gonna be twenty five in like a few months after that. Fuck, I was already turning almost four years old. In ninety three. Oh no! Wait. Two. What the fuck are you talking about? Two two years old. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, there. okay, okay. Yeah, because I was born in ninety one. That's right. So yeah, two years old. Fucking a. <laughs> it's all good. You can't tell looking at Tyler. Thanks, Kyle. I fucking appreciate it. <laughs> okay, no problem, man. But um. I think for me, when I started listening to alternative, but the first one automatically, two bands are, or technically four, actually, was number one, obviously for me, was Alice in Chains. Oh. Alice no, I discovered them kind of late. Oh, dude. Well, welcome to board. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was Allison Chains, then it was Stone Temple Pilot. Nice. God. The, can I say this right now? Go for it. That core album, that first album, masterpiece. Oh, yeah. Masterpiece. Um, number three will probably be Soundgarden. And then okay. number and then number four for me will be Pearl Jam. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so you were more into that side of '90s. How the fuck did I forget Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam. Yeah, that's what I was like. Come on, there's one more band you didn't anyway, say. I was anyway. like, I I I already said it wasn't exhaustive, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's like, way to cover your fucking ass, bro. <laughs> fucking dumbass, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you get your head out of your ass? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm getting roasted. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, like, um, there was definitely kind of two halves to that core of 90s alternative. Because keep in mind, when we say 90s alternative, we basically mean everything from about 1989 to about 1995. Because yes, the second correct. half of the 90s are way different. Oh, completely different. Yeah, like once it started turning to like, you know, fucking Green Day and, um, you know, shit like Real Big Fish and all those kind of guys, Blink-182, it's totally different. Oh, like the, the ska era. Once it once it becomes ska and quote-unquote post-grunge. <laughs> which I think we talked about my gripe with that whole grunge title. Yeah, we did. So I won't I won't repeat that. But yeah. But yes, when we say 90s alternative, we mean first half of the 90s. 
Because the first half was fucking amazing. Amazing. Like, like, it's all a bunch of kids who grew up in basically the punk era. Yep. All their influence from, like, you know, post... Post-1960s rock and pop music kind of cultivates into the time and place they are in late 80s college radio punk music. Yes, correct. And it becomes one of my all-time favorite music genres. Yep. There's just something about it that's just so pure and so fucking good. Oh my god, tell me about it, dude. And it's and, and you know what? As good as some of the stuff is in the latter half of the 90s, it's just not the same. It just doesn't have the same staying power. Mm-mm. And I don't know, I don't know what was lost. I think it was people then wanted to be Nirvana. You know what I mean? You know what? I think nowadays still. Like, I, I understand what, like, you know, the younger kids or the younger adults. And, and it's totally, totally fine. And th- this was this was the thing when, um, fuck, what was the name of that band? Um, Greta Van Fleet, where everybody's, like, saying, oh, they're just a ripoff of, of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. You guys are just ripping off 70s arena rock. But here's the thing. What the and fuck here, do you think, like, Nirvana was doing? They were just doing, like, Meat Puppets and the Beatles. Exactly. You know what I mean? They were doing Camper Van Beethoven. They were doing fucking Daniel Johnston. They, like, they weren't original, original either. And then if you went back to Led Zeppelin, it's like, dude, they were just doing a heavy version of American blues, Celtic music, and, like, mysticism. Exactly. So it seems a little hypocritical to be saying, oh, they, they just sound like people from the past. Hey, I got news for you, buddy. Everybody sounds like people from the past. Yep. You know, unless you're some total weirdo experimental music, but that's a whole nother story. And can I say this real, real quick before I, we, I end my attention? Yes. Let them write their fucking own music. Who gives a shit if they're ripping off of whatever band they want? Everyone copies each other, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, I got news for you. The Beatles were covering, like, Buddy Holly, Elvis, and Chuck Berry, okay? Yep. And that's just the rock and roll half. Exactly. So... Y'all need to shut the fuck up about new music sounding like old music. It's the same shit. It's just different type. It's a different genre. Exactly. Like, you know who's a really good band who quote unquote sounds like Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins? Have you ever listened to the band The OCs? Yes. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what type of music you play or what genre you play. Can, can you let the spirit of the genre live on? <laughs> right. Like, for fuck's sake. Metallica, which I know we're talking about grunge, but Metallica has been the same thing 
for the past 40 some years. <laughs> Pretty much. They went from thrash to hard rock to metal to thrash. It they're they're just that good because they can do whatever the fuck they want. And they've kind of you know what Metallica kind of sounds like now, at least with the new hit, they kind of sound like somewhere between the black album and Kill 'em All. Yeah, and do I dare say I, I I'm not trying to rip off this band. I'm not trying to rip off Metallica, but I'm trying to say it's more like it's kind of like Motorhead. <laughs> fast. The original speed metal band. The original speed metal band like Motorhead. Fast, hard hitting, gonna kick your fucking ass, roll down your windows off the fuck of your car, and just blast that shit. Yep. Exactly, man. But back to grunge and all that. Just just let them be. <laughs> Honestly, man, if I had to pick a genre of music that I think is really coming into being and, and uh, artists are doing really well now, and this is going to be kind of weird to say, but I feel like if 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 I could choose the music, the new music people would play on the radio, I really think like chill wave and like modern ambient music is really where it's at now. Yep. I think that's the best shit we have right now. Yeah, because it's that it's that popular right now. And yet, nobody plays it on the radio. As far as I know, the only song that's ever played that genre on the radio was uh, was uh, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Yes. That's it. I don't know any other examples. Yeah. But you know what? It, it, I'm kind of happy that the fact that that um, I I don't want to say metal is making a comeback, but it almost feel like feels like because ever since when, you know, obviously it's a different genre, but ever since I started listening to deathcore music, and I feel like it's a lot better than what deathcore was back in the day, but this side of deathcore. Like, for example, Lorna Shore, um, Slaughter to Prevail, uh, Infant Annihilator, and so on and so forth. Can I dare say, I think in the next maybe 10 plus years, they're going to be very, very big. Really? Yep. Wow, we, we will see. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm probably like blowing smoke up their ass, you know, for the genre. But it's like I have that feeling with those bands. And 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 by, and by the way, if you guys have not heard those bands, and neither have you, Kyle. But I know it's a little bit different, and it's a lot of vocal, like harsh vocals. 
uh-huh. like like pig schooling and shit like that. But try not to listen to the lyric or try not to listen to the lyrics. Just listen to the music. And what's the band? Um, I'll give you one that's probably like the po- most popular one. It's uh, Lorna Shore. Lorna Shore? Lorna. Lorna Shore. Lorna Shore. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll check them out. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, I think to me, when I think of grunge, I mean, there's people who will say Nirvana, but for me, what grunge became grunge for me, like the albums of all albums of grunge, to me, it's a tie between Allison Change's Dirt and the first album from um, Stone Temple Pilot. You, it's that fucking good. Okay, so somewhere between dirt, and, so somewhere between like mid late ninety two, and and nineteen ninety four, basically, and mid nineteen ninety four. Yep. That's the that's the height of quote unquote grunge. Yep. Um wait a minute. Oh, you mean the original one, core, right? Yeah, core. Okay, you're gonna laugh, but I think core and dirt literally came out at the same time. Yeah. They came out almost the exact same day. Yep. Let me see. September 29th, 1992. And holy fuck. They both came out September 29th, 1992. To me, those two albums are what solidified what grunge is supposed to be. Okay. In my personal opinion. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the track listing about. See, for me, the most Stone Temple Pilot song ever is that "Tripping on a Hole in Your Paper Heart." Oh, dude, I, that song is gr- a great song. But, dude, Kyle, please tonight or whenever you can, please, I implored you to listen to. Core. Okay, listen to all of Core. Yes. The one that opens up with dead and bloated and sex type thing. Yep. Okay. You 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 will not regret it, dude. All right. All right. I must man, I must have missed this one because I don't think I ever actually listened to it. Dude. When I was coming back from uh, from Thanksgiving with my mom when we were over at uh, my stepdad's uh, grandparents' house. Dude, I didn't realize how much I loved this album when I was growing up. 
and it felt good listening to it all through the that whole two hour drive we had it was just it was masterful man you're really selling this album <laughs> all right i'll definitely check it out then awesome and i'm pretty sure you've you've listened to all of dirt right i must have dude um dirt from allison chains hold on a second allison chains dirt i must have I could have sworn I did, because I know I definitely listened to Jar of Flies. Another fantastic album. See, the thing is, I know most of the songs on it, but now I'm trying to think, did I ever actually listen to Dirt from beginning to end? Okay, you obviously Them Bones is on that album. Obviously. But there's also Down in a Hole. Great fucking song. Uh, Angry Chair and Wood. Yep. Damn, is Wood a good one? But personally, I really like Down in a Hole. When I was going through my, you know, I'm, I hate to be a fucking a Debbie Downer, but when I was going through my fucking depression shit, bro, that song makes you want to be that. That song makes you want to dig. A grape to yourself. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, right? It's uh, and is that is that the one? You know, the chorus goes, uh, uh, down in a hole, feeling so slow. Oh, that's good, dude. Lane, Lane's vocals on that song is just. Oh, you can feel the emotion. What's the one that goes? Um, you know, it's the one that uh, Lane sings. Uh, you know, into the flood again. Same old trip it worked back then. So I made a big mistake. Try to see it once my way. Um, that's wood. Is it wood? Yes, it's the part that Lane Staley sings. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Into the flood again. Yeah, it's Same wood. Trip it was back then. Yeah, it's wood. That's wood. Okay. Shit, that that song. How is that song so depressing and yet so herky at the same time? Because it's so good. <laughs> Allison Chains has a really uncanny ability to be able to take really dark, bleak lyrics and somehow make it almost like poppy. In a way, yeah, but it made the most sense. Yes. Because, damn, when you go into, like, you know, Lane Staley's whole life, it just becomes... Damn, I think I understand where these lyrics are coming from now. Because I think this was during the time Lane was going through so much on that album. Oh, yeah. Because I think he just lost his fiance. I think. 
Yeah, he was like 24 or 25. Yeah. And uh, he was going through some shit. Oh. And then, of course, there's the whole Alice and Chains Unplugged, which is itself such a great album. For a live album that's oh. unplugged and just acoustic, to me, I, I know Nirvana's like the best one. Like, that's the greatest unplugged. To right. me, to me, that Alice in Chains Unplugged is superior. You know, I, I used to think that nothing came even close to a Nirvana one. And then one day I just listened to the Alice in Chains and I'm like, shit, this really gives the Nirvana one a run for its money. Yep. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Uh I know people always go, man, if only Lane hadn't been all strung out and shit, he, he would have sounded so much better. But something about it adds so much to that performance. It's, I'll, I'll keep it short and simple. It's the feels. <laughs> I know, right? It's the emotion. It's. You want to you want to feel what Lane is feeling. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's sad to say that he's not here with us still. No, it's been twenty years now. Yep. And everybody, everybody's probably listening to like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. April two thousand two. Yep, it's been 20 years. And shit, man, it's been... 20... It's, it's, it's getting close to being almost 30 years with Kurt Cobain. Yep, and there, probably our younger folks would be like, holy fuck, what, what have we missed out? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. It would be kind of like if Jack White died earlier this year. And then we would talk how we would talk about, you know, the dead weather, uh, the white stripes, of course, and uh, the raconteurs yep. in 20 years. You know what I mean? Yep. But uh, Jack White is uh, still with us, and I think we have many more years of him to go. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, that that was kind of the core of my musical discovery up to you know being like eighteen or so, which I'm I'm absolutely convinced you never enjoy music more really than when you're like fifteen to seventeen. Oh yeah, because I think when you're like when we're kids, we're like having fun with it, like we're enjoying it. But when you start really getting dived deep into it, I say it's about like like you said, fifteen to sixteen years old. Okay. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. And and none of this even touches the old classics like uh 
Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Judas Priest, Ozzy Osbourne, and all those kind of people. Yep. But, you know, I think um, if I were to think about modern music now, I think I think it's a very common, it's almost like bordering on a really obnoxious cliche for young people to say, oh, modern music sucks and old music was so much better, right? But I think what's happened in our lifetimes, Tyler, is music has become, and just media in general, has become so fragmented and so, so like pluralistic that there is no one music everybody listens to. There is no one media everybody consumes. There is no one voice we're all hearing. And you know what it is, man? Hmm. There's no... And this is not to offend anybody that listens to whatever type of music they listen to. Okay. This is my opinion, and I don't care if you like it or not. There's there's some people that have heart and soul to their projects and to into what they have with their craft, but it's a lot of it's a lot of people that whether they're in bands, they're a solo artist or a DJ or producer. There's no meaningful, there's no heart, and there's no passionate to what they love. They're just there to make a paycheck. Like, Tyler, there's a really good video essay I saw some time back where <clears throat> I can't remember if it was like a musician or a musicologist or somebody like that, but they were analyzing all the different keys. If you go back to like, 1970 on songs on the radio that hit like number one all Mm -hmm. the keys that they would be in musical keys and then by the time you get to like the mid 2000s almost all of the hits they go through trends of being the exact same key and then just either making a gradual drift up the scale or down the scale through like peaks and valleys yep so, so like, literally what key and sound people listen to becomes totally manufactured to the profit-making machine of the modern music industry. You nailed it. And, it, and it's such a damn shame how, how bad all these, like, producers and record companies just completely fuck with creativity and originality in music. Yep. And they just, you know, they just they just shit out these these pop singers who just sing the same bullshit again and again and again to feed into like, you know, and this this is no offense to 13-year-old girls, but to the kind of shit 13-year-old girls will download and buy. Yep. And it's just become this vicious cycle. And that's why the music's boring and nobody listens to the same thing. All the same shit in the Grammys is just a bunch of soulless, corporate-produced bullshit. 
You nailed it, Kyle. <laughs> you fucking nailed it. And speaking of Grammys, or speaking of the quote-unquote hypocrisy of the Grammys, I still believe, and Kyle, you can quote me on this. I don't know if you listen to the album, but if not, then you probably... Um, I believe still to this fucking day, the weekend's album, After Hours, should have been album of the year. Okay. So I don't know what got album of the year that year, but he was robbed. I know, right? And he was nominated and he wasn't even there. Because I think he knew he wasn't going to win. It's bullshit. And like I said, he was doing Chill Wave in a pop song on the radio that was really fucking good. Yep. I remember hearing that song. I'm like, wait a minute. This is a mainstream pop song? Yeah. And... I just couldn't believe how like how like inventive and daring and original it was. Ah, oh, my oh my, how the times have changed, man. I know, man, and and the problem is it also comes down to a problem with modern media and how people encourage kind of the the uh, the balkanization of uh, people's consumption of media. And I blame the media for a lot of shit. And again, I say this as someone who's not a, oh, the media is pure evil kind of guy. But it, 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 it happens, you know. P- modern people in the media do this, I think. They try to get people to kind of go into their own little bubbles and then just completely ignore any conversation with outside voices. Oh, yeah. And the same exact thing happens with music. Yeah, sadly, man. It's been like that. Fuck. For the most part, over a decade and a half now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure. And it sucks. And it sucks, man. I I really don't know, like, what the long-term solution is. Although, Tyler, I do remember one time in college, I took a media and politics class <laughs> oh fuck and um and interestingly i took it in the same semester that donald trump won the 2016 election what a oh, fucking boy. Trip that was um but i remember my professor saying if you want my honest opinion about what could be done to uh to save the media it would be, if possible, 
to amend the First Amendment and and require there to be a central broadcasting institution that everybody can have access to and require moderation of voices across media to include opposing points of view in their reporting. Your professor <laughs> has a point. She had a very good point. And you know what's funny? I saw her years later on like KTLA. They were interviewing her. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and she, interestingly, Tyler, she, she had this theory at the time, which in 2016 sounded crazy. But in 2022, going on 2023, it doesn't sound that crazy. She said, I think what happens in media is people talk about politics with the same kind of energy as sports commentators talk about a game on ESPN. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. And she goes, and it trivializes uh, politics. And it turns it into an us versus them kind of game. And how can I win more points against the other side? It's whoever's game is, or whoever's game. It's whoever's eyeballs are on the screen and who's, who is going to watch what. Yes. And then, and then it has real-world consequences in both just politics and media. Yep. And that's the crazy thing. But I think I've stood on my soapbox for long enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But uh, before we run out of time right here, um, yeah, so if y'all are listening to this, uh, well done. <laughs> two hours of music you guys have some serious patience yep if you guys have serious patience for this uh let us know on twitter of course but um yes so kyle and i have been talking about i'll keep it short and simple we're thinking of doing a spinoff for the fellowship like lauren has on his show but yeah uh we'll think of a title or think of the name of the show excuse me so i guess this is the first pilot, pilot number one, episode one, is going to be right here directly on Fellowship. And yeah, um, we're going to think of a of a name. And uh, Kyle, is there anything else you want to say? No, uh, other than just uh, there's no reason why we couldn't invite our fellow Fellowship podcasters on because there's no reason why they, they uh, wouldn't have an opinion about music. Like I know Lauren's a really big Doors fan. Well, we can invite him on our spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Until then, guys, um, Kyle, well, we will talk to you uh, off pod right now. And yep. um, I hope you all have a wonderful night. And we'll see you all back in our fucking bracket challenge that we're going to be doing this weekend. So Yes, and hopefully Napoleon Dynamite after that. Well, I don't have to work in the next couple of days. So until next time, guys, we'll see y'all back in the bracket challenge. And peace out, everybody.
Goodbye.